With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. We talked this morning about getting better at fundamentals and basic things. You know, I think we were all extremely disappointed after the last game. Uh, I probably watched both sides of the ball six times. Offensively, we were close. I, didn't, I don't think we played poorly. We just made little mistakes here and there that you can't make. But some of the fundamentals, just basics of blocking, being in the right place on routes, uh, we're going back to the basics with that. And the same thing on defense. You know, I kind of had the impression coming off field, we got pushed around a little up front. When you watch the tape, that didn't happen. Uh, we just misfit some things. Uh, guys were expecting somebody to be in a gap from the secondary, from linebacker, and four or five or six times they weren't there and they turned into big plays. We can't do well a lot of the time, but not consistently enough. Uh, and, and that's what happens there. So we're back to basics this week. Just recovering, I guess. We've been together since August 2nd. We've gone seven straight fall camp, seven straight weeks. I think we just need to get away from each other for a bit. I mean, you get so locked up in this. If you get to relax sometimes, I think that's what we're going to do. We're going to relax. And welcome here to this edition of the Husker Online Show. I think this whole state's going to relax for a weekend as we all need a break. Um, as you heard Austin Allen say, what, what are they going to do over the bye week? We just need a break. And I, I kind of think that's where things are at. I mean, this season had such a high expectation level by everybody from the fans to the media on the outside to the coaches, everybody um, expected this to be, you know, a better year. I mean, I think most people thought, hey, this team could be six and one at this point, five and two worst case, four and three was not in the cards. But it's not just the four and three, it's how the four and three has looked. There's really been not a lot of promising moments um, collectively across that four and three. And here we are now on the bye after what was just a low, low night in Minneapolis, 34-7, to but it really felt a lot worse than 34-7. to uh, Minnesota had Nebraska's defense on their heels the entire game. Nebraska's offense uh, couldn't get out of their own way. It just was one of those nights here, Robin, and uh, a lot of soul-searching here, I think, as you, you hear Scott Frost and everybody, you know, because I think everybody wants an easy fix, and, and there, there isn't necessarily an answer how to maybe correct this over just one week. No, and it's not going to get corrected over just one week because if it would have been able to do that, they would have happened a long time ago. And unfortunately, the performance at Minnesota resembled uh, quite a few similar performances we've seen over the past few years that uh, have become far too much the norm. And, uh, you know, I was – having a conversation on a, on a different radio show about this, about how, uh, you know, what, what's it going to take for, for Nebraska to finally, you know, turn that corner. And um, honestly, I think it's going to be a, a thing that you measure in baby steps as opposed to, um, you know, a night and day difference where guys on this team need to learn how to win. Uh, you have a senior class that hasn't won more than five games since they were redshirt freshmen. Uh, and so, I mean, just the, developing a culture of winning, I think is the biggest issue standing in the way of this team right now because they're more talented than what they showed on Saturday. I don't care what you say. They've shown flashes of how good they can be when they play with confidence and when they actually believe in what they're doing. But 
you know, adversity hits, um, things don't go their way. Um, the other team, you know, is playing with just as much fight. This team struggles to counter that and to be, you know, show resilience and, and be able to stick with things when times are tough. So um, that's not an easy fix, and it's not going to be something that's going to be fixed this bye week, um, maybe over the next couple weeks or even on uh, through the rest of the season on into the spring. It's going to be something that, um, you know, the staff has to continuously hammer home uh, with these players that, you know, hopefully by next year, maybe the year after, uh, you finally have a culture of, of guys that believe that every time they take the field, they're going to win. Because right now, that is not the case. Well, to me, watching the game, I mean, I think I felt like it was pretty clear that, um, you know, Nebraska was not interested in in kind of following back up to that first punch. They got punched in the mouth. And it seemed like there was some guys that were like, man, I don't know if I want to, I don't want to go toe to toe in this fight uh, for four quarters in this cold or whatever. And, um, you know, and I think that, I think that their inexperience and lack of depth at certain positions really, really became exposed too. Um, and, and I, like you said, Robin, that's, that's something that's just not going to get fixed overnight. You can't snap your fingers and all of a sudden be too deep across the offensive line and, and have a lot of guys with starts under their belts. And so, I mean, that's, that's just something that's going to take time. And, and, you know, people ask, well, when's it going to be fixed? Well, I, I agree. I, I think it's you, you have to measure, you know, quote unquote, the fix in very, very small pieces and in, incremental pieces. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, as we pick up the pieces from Minnesota and move ahead here with the bye week. I still was surprised, guys, that Nebraska won the toss. And I know Scott Frost is a big take the ball guy. But just his philosophy, because the week before against Northwestern, he won the toss and he deferred. Mm -hmm. You win the toss on a windy night. Don't you think it would have made more? I don't think it would have made a difference in the game, but would it have made more sense to defer to have the win for the second and the fourth quarter? I thought putting a new quarterback like Noah Vedral on the field right away um, on the 25 was a risk. I mean, I think maybe you could have set the tone better with your defense, but as we know, the defense wasn't ready to play anyway. But um, just the whole start um, of how Nebraska approached it at the beginning was interesting to me. To me, that was kind of a, a represented, represented a whole issue that's going on with his coaching staff right now where you know their whole mantra is no fear of failure, but it seems like week in, week out, that's becoming an issue is – they don't trust their team uh, enough to play with a fear or without a fear of failure. And they're kind of, um, you know, be, becoming conservative, which that's not what Scott Frost is here to do. I mean, he's here to be the aggressor. Uh, but then in a case where they should have, you know what, we need to play smart here. Let, let's get let's get our defense, maybe get a three and out and then make Minnesota punt right. into the wind and give Noah Vedro the ball at the 40 or the 50. So I have that philosophy the week before and then go in the snow on the road with the you know, wind first first uh, game star quarterback with the wind and, and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you want to be aggressive. And so I, I just think that it, there's kind of a deeper rooted issue right now going on with. Um, you know, what needs to happen first? Do these players need to earn the staff's trust to develop that, you know, attacking mindset that is supposed to be this offense? Or uh, does the coaching staff need to dial up more plays to get these guys confidence uh, to you know be that type of team? Right now, I don't think they know what they want to be. Uh, I think that they go back and forth between being a conservative, you know, let's just kind of you know, play the conditions, uh, you know, try to try to just adjust to what the circumstances are. Or are they going to be the aggressor that just kind of takes takes whatever they want? And as Frost said in his first Big Ten media days, you know, let the less let the rest of the league 
adjust to us. Um, right now, I think that varies week to week. And right now, I, I just don't think that they have a real firm grasp of what they want to do uh, this year and going forward. So my, my read on that, on the toss and taking the ball is, is that he was trying to give Vedral a vote of confidence saying, hey, I trust you. Go, go out and, and operate this offense. We're taking the ball. We're going to go down the field and we're going to score. Um, and and that's, how, that's how I read it. It was that him trying to turn Did you it. agree with the call though? I mean, no, I, I don't, I don't necessarily necessarily agree with the call. Um, but then, you know, they, they marched down the field. They were, oh, yeah, they were no. moving the football. Um, and who knows had they not stalled out and, and turned it over on downs and, and got some sort of points out of that drive, you know, who knows what, 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 what could have happened. But I feel like after, after that drive stalled out, I feel like the the defense is almost like here we go again. Like well, and with the win, they couldn't kick a field goal on yeah, that drive. Well, I know, and that was another issue. So you, you drive down the field, but you had to score a touchdown yeah. essentially. Well, that was probably the issue, even without the wind. You know, with their kicking situation being what it Did is. Lane Lane McCollum he kicked the one extra point, yes. so we didn't we didn't get to see Matt Walduck. Matt Walduck. Um, <laughs> that would have been a good little sidebar story if he, if he would have got on the field, but. Um, it would be interesting, too, over the bye, if Barrett Pickering, if his situation improves. I mean, it's – I don't know. He's, <sighs> he's not even practicing. I mean, I that, that's one of the weirder situations where, it, like, if it's, is it season-ending? Then if so, just say it so we have to stop worrying about him. Apparently they don't think it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that is, like, the weirdest situation that I can recall in terms of, like, an injury in years. It's right up there years. with um, – What's that running back that dropped the TV on his leg? Kenny Wilson. Oh, Kenny Wilson. Wilson. And I don't, I don't even know if I bought it. He didn't drop it on his leg. Everyone thinks he dropped the TV on his leg. That's not what happened. He, he had the infection in his bone. It made his bone so brittle that when he and someone else went to move this big, giant flat screen, it was like a 500-pound TV that the, the bone cracked. His femur. His femur cracked because <laughs> he, had, he had an infection in the bone. That one so, ranks up there for me too. So, it, it, yeah, he didn't drop it on his leg, but, yeah, he still broke his – technically broke the bone. It still sounds very painful. Yeah, yeah oh, of course. <laughs> All right, when we come back, Nebraska is going to Ireland. I'm excited, as you can guess, for obvious reasons with the name Sean Callahan. Um, I think going Robin – Back to the motherland. Robin, uh, the, the <laughs> Polish member of our staff, he's even excited. And yeah. we're, we're going to discuss Ireland and what this trip means next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. If you're traveling from Scotts Bluff and Alliance to get to Lincoln, hopping over the pond to get to Ireland's no big deal. And uh, I th- have every reason to believe that they're going to show up in mass and, and we'll turn that beautiful green country into Husker Red. I do live in South Bend, Indiana, and so I was in the stadium in 2000 for the famous Sea of Red, and I've never forgotten it. And so now to be able to uh, capitalize on that uh, for Ireland, we want that whole Sea of Red to, to take over Dublin and the country of Ireland um, like you did South Bend, Indiana 19 years ago. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was uh, John Anthony, right, from Anthony Travel? Yes. And he's also going to capitalize on this thing financially, as we've now learned every single he one of them. He worked out a pretty good deal for himself, Every, didn't every one of these trips to go to Ireland has to be booked through Anthony Travel at this point early on, and uh, that's all on Huskers.com. But there will be lots of ways to get to, get out to Ireland, lots of time to get that booked. But um, it was announced this week officially that Nebraska would open the 2021 season in Dublin, Ireland convenient announcement time when everyone's down in the dumps Monday morning about the Minnesota game and 
sports talk radio is going to be dominated about Nebraska's struggles. Hey, let's let's put out the eye. But you know, I do I do believe this was when they planned on doing it. It didn't have anything to do with the timing because there were officials in town that were here from Ireland that had to be here for this event, and their timing was uh, interesting. But it's a very unique opportunity. I think Nate and I talked off air about this from a scheduling ask point, um, aspect. It makes a lot of sense uh, for Nebraska uh, because that schedule in 2021, you have home games against Wisconsin, Iowa, um, Michigan, and Ohio State. You go on the road that year against Michigan State and Oklahoma. Um, and then you have Minnesota on a short week after Wisconsin. Um, but then, you know, by scheduling this game with Illinois to start the year week zero, um, you eliminate a November road game, which you're really worn down by that point. You add a bye week for week one, and then you replace your November road game with an FCS SEC style November game against Southeastern Louisiana. So a lot of chess being played here by Nebraska. They're not giving up a home game. They gain a bye week, and they gain almost another bye week by what the FCS team scheduled in there in November. Yeah, I think this was something that Frost obviously said he wanted to do a while ago, even before the season, that he was interested in the idea of a week zero game because of all those things you mentioned. I mean, it kind of speeds up your off season, uh, gets guys to dial in a little bit more because there's a game a week earlier than normal. A bigger game, even. Yeah, it's a conference game. And, and so, I mean, you're able to, like you said, uh, eliminate uh, a, a part of the November grind and, and bring in, I think they got Southeastern Louisiana uh, coming here. So that kind of just gives you a little bit of a, a bye week without a bye week, kind of a Bethune-Cookman style from a year ago. Uh, and so, I mean, it accomplishes a lot just as far as the, the on-the-field stuff that I know was already appealing to Scott Frost, but then you pair it with all the other stuff that goes with playing in Ireland. Um, you know, the, the exposure, obviously, for the program to be one of the featured, if not the featured game of Week Zero. Um, it's going to be nationally televised, and you're going to put your, your product out there uh, for the, the entire country to see, and internationally, too. I mean, you get to brand Nebraska um, out in Europe, and you know we'll see what that does but uh, there's a lot of reasons I think that go into this decision but first and foremost for Frost you know he was pretty vocal about just the 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 cultural experience for these kids I mean you got a roster full of guys that probably would never even own a passport had it not been for a trip like this and so now not only do they uh, get to go overseas they get to actually spend some time over there and basketball gets to do that in Nebraska volleyball I mean you see all these other sports get these opportunities and just because football's roster is so big, and by the way, they're taking a band out there. I think 70, 70, 80 members of the band and cheerleaders are going to go. So yeah. the experience will, will carry down, Nate, to to more than just football. Yeah, it'll carry down to a lot of people. Um, I mean, the pros far outweigh any type of con that you could think of for this deal. And 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 I think it's also you know presents a unique opportunity for Nebraska fans uh, to go out there and, and kind of take on that challenge that <laughs> that Anthony uh, guy was was talking about. Um, you know, Husker fans love a challenge whenever you, you ask them to travel. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that'll and be by another... the way, book all your travel through John Anthony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that'll, you know, give what's well, going to be one more talking point is how well Nebraska fans travel and everything, too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like the fact that uh, they're getting southeastern Louisiana state or whatever it is uh, where they're getting them. I mean, that's that is an SEC style, yeah. you know, schedule right there. And you wedge that right between Iowa and Wisconsin. Exactly. I mean, I mean that's, that is perfect. <laughs> a beat, and it's a beat up FCS team by that point. They're not going to be a fresher. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's going to be cold. So <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not going to want anything to do with coming to Lincoln in November and, and playing that game. And, 
Um, and I know I've heard lots of Husker fans complain about the SEC and the, the way they schedule. And I, well, you know what? If you if you yeah. can't, can't if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. And so it's it's perfect. I, I I absolutely love everything about this whole this so, whole scenario. Nate, that challenge you were talking about for those that don't know, twenty eight thousand Notre Dame fans made the trip over to Ireland in two thousand sixteen, which was the record. Uh, and in fact, the thirty five thousand total that went over there for that game against Navy was apparently the peacetime record for a non Olympic. Uh, sporting event so for a one day one time yeah for a one yeah single sporting event so uh the challenge now is for nebraska to get to twenty nine thousand. so like you said nate huskers love themselves a challenge you're listening here to the husker online show this segment of the husker online show is brought to you by tanner sports bar and grill it is the bye weekend still lots of great college football action on uh saturday uh friday night and obviously all the nfl action on sunday so make sure you get on into any of those omaha and lincoln tanners locations watch all the football take a load off enjoy the bye weekend in at any of those tanners locations i might stop in one we're going to kansas city so i might even hit up one of the kansas city tanners uh, when i'm down there over the weekend guys but as you look at it too i think the other big winner here for nebraska is they don't have to give up a home game, and, and they never would give up a home game. I mean, the, no. anybody, you know, there's lots of cries, oh, Nebraska should play a neutral site game in Kansas City or Dallas or Atlanta or somewhere. But, you know, to do that, Nebraska will never give up one of their seven home games. You see teams around the country give up one of their seven for a game like that. You can't do it in Lincoln. They they were they need that money. So Illinois, you had to find a partner that was willing to give up one of their home games. And within the Big Ten, very few teams would would do that. Maybe Rutgers, maybe Illinois. I mean, maybe a Purdue. I I just don't know how many teams in the conference would do that. So Nebraska is very fortunate to find a Big Ten team that's willing to give up a home game. Yeah, I mean, look, the majority of the conference wouldn't. Ohio State's not going to. Michigan isn't going to. Penn State's not going to because. Just like they Lincoln, money. Their, yeah, their communities depend on it. And so it goes far beyond Northwestern just a competitive advantage. Yeah, because Northwestern doesn't need the money. They're a private school. So it's like, yeah. So there's a handful of teams that either don't draw enough to make it matter that much anyway or don't need the the money. Like their community is, is, is going to be fine missing <laughs> missing a home game. But uh, with yeah, Nebraska being able to get that game, uh, you know, not giving up a home game, getting week zero, and then having a week off afterwards – uh, that I mean, it couldn't set up any better as far as that schedule. Yeah, it really, it really couldn't. I, it, maybe Maryland would be one other team that that would possibly do it. But um, yeah, I think it's it's. I mean, everything really came together very, very well for for this whole deal to to play out the way it has. I wonder if Northwestern is on the list down the road to to get like a marquee Big Ten game there. If you could get like Northwestern Ohio State or Northwestern Michigan or. Just a Northwestern Penn State somebody, but I'm sure Pat Fitzgerald would love to go back to Ireland for a game. Yeah, Being in Chicago, you know, real uh, Irish Catholic mm-hmm. demographic. There'd be a lot of fans, yeah, a lot of fans that would travel for that, I'm sure. But we're excited. Robin and I get to go to Ireland, and I've always said, you know, obviously, I think three of my four grandparents have Irish roots, so um, I've said to myself for years, I, I would love to go to Ireland, but I have to have a reason, or you know, to, to make it in our lives how busy we are with family and kids to go. It's tough. Uh, we're not traveling with our kids overseas very often, especially when they're young. But when my job in Nebraska football brings me to Ireland, you could bet I'm going to Ireland. Yeah, the stars aligned. And so I got to yeah, roll with you with, uh, you know, rolling with Sean Callahan in Dublin, Ireland. I <laughs> talked to the go guy. Go to the pub and get a pint of Jameson. Patrick, the guy from well, – Patrick, the guy. Guinness, pint of Jameson. What was his probably name? do a pint of Jameson. Yeah, you could. You, you, you might not be <laughs> – Is that what they do over worth, there? You might not be <laughs> worth a whole you say? lot. What was that guy's name, Patrick, from Ireland that was there at the press oh. conference? 
uh, uh, Pedrek. It was like Pedriac O'Kane. <laughs> I introduced myself to him. He goes, "Did you say Sean Callahan?" Sean? And I'm like, "And I'm like, yeah." And he goes, "Oh man, you are an Irishman." And <laughs> so I made my day to to speak to a fellow countryman. Oh, I can't wait to see you running around there. All right. Great. When we come back, we'll we'll shift away from the fun and we'll have to talk more about the bye week and and kind of the problems Nebraska's having. So stay with us next. You're listening here to the Oscar Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I think recovery is huge. We got a lot of guys beat up. Um, and I think that's the most important thing just for us to take this time to, to not just um, recover physically, but also mentally just being able to take some time to ourselves and, and relax and recharge for the second half of the, of the season. I just want everybody to get, get, their, get their bodies right. And personally, it's just when we come back to practice, just come back ready and be physical, for real. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Rob Washett, and Nate Klaus. This segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by Edwards Nissan and Council Bluffs. The Nissan Heisman House is coming to Edwards Nissan here on Saturday. Um, in the Heisman House will be all three Husker Heisman winners, Johnny Rogers, Mike Rogier, and Eric Crouch. The event starts at noon. You can take selfies, get autographs. You can hang out with the Heisman winners. They're tailgating, grilling out, and they're giving away tickets to the Nebraska-Iowa game on November 29th. It's a football fan's paradise this Saturday at Edwards Nissan Plus. Uh, we'll have we'll have hefty Heisman discounts on over 600 vehicles for the day. Blitz pricing that makes Black Friday look like kindergarten. No money down. Just sign and drive. Too many great bargains to mention. So join them at Edwards Nissan to meet Johnny Rogers, Mike Rogier, Eric Crouch. Uh, no charge for the event. They'll have lunch, autograph selfies. Should be a great time at Edwards Nissan, guys. But you, you heard some players there talking about just kind of the goal from the bye week, and you know, I, I hit on it earlier. I, I think this team just needs it as much mentally as physically. There are a lot of guys banged up with little things here and there, um, but you hope this team did some good reflecting this week. Well, they needed to. Uh, you know, I think the you said in the open, soul searching is kind of the theme of the week, where uh, these guys just needed to step away and uh, kind of figure out uh, what direction they're going to go. Because once again. Their season's at a crossroads where they can take one of two paths. They can either let this thing snowball and completely fall apart like it did in 2017, or they can rally together and make the most of what season they have remaining like they did last season. So um, once again, you know, this is a pretty defining point um, in the season that um, I think from this point on is going to ultimately define what 2019 is for Nebraska football. And you would think that with two full weeks and with this staff and, you know, the, the senior leaders they have in place that, they're going to choose the right direction, but, um, you know, I think that that's, it's kind of prove it time. You know, you can only say so much at this point. They've done a lot of talking, you know, a lot of motivational tactics here and there. The only thing that's really going to flip the switch, so to speak, is to go out there and win and play four quarters of full football, which they haven't done all year. And so, I mean, that's, that's the goal right now. Go out there and play a complete game uh, and let whatever is, you know, bothering you or you know any mental issues going on just put that aside for you know four hours on saturday and and go do your job and if you everyone follows that approach it's going to be amazing what all they can solve as far as the problems they're dealing with right now 
Well, that's the thing. I mean, like I mentioned in the first segment, there's certain things like depth up front, you know, and experience uh, across the offensive line that you can't, you're not going to correct um, over over the course of a bye week. But you can recharge mentally. You can go ahead and and you know uh, work on your discipline, work on you know taking care of the football, work on not committing penalties at, at the worst times, you know, during a game and, and shooting yourself in the foot, things like that. And and I think that um, I think this will be an opportunity for these guys to kind of reach charge kind of st- take a step away uh, get you know get right mentally and then come back and go to work and work on the little things work on the fundamentals and and work on um, you know do w- the things that they can control and if they do that I, I think that that will uh, bode well for the rest of the season a couple injury questions too I mean you look at Wandell Robinson he left with an ankle injury we know Adrian Martinez is uh, battling some sort of leg knee injury and obviously Maurice Washington just hasn't really been right since moments of the Northern Illinois game where he had some breakout plays. Um, We haven't seen him play any more than 19 snaps in a game since the Colorado game. Um, Robin, you did see Wandell. Um, He looked to be walking fine when we were leaving the press conference, right? Yeah, it was actually before. uh, I'm doing a radio interview watching uh, in the parked car, and he walked by, and I was like, hey, that's Wandell Robinson. No boot, no limp, uh, seemed to be walking fine. And then, obviously, when when Frost was asked about it, he said Wandale's going to be fine. So uh, I think that looks encouraging, especially with another full week to get better. I mean, he's a guy that I don't know if you necessarily need to give that much of a workload to anyway because of all that um, he does already. And then with Adrian, I mean, this will be three full weeks to recover from whatever he's dealing with. And, um, you know, I guess we don't know the – cause of the injury or whatever it is and if that's going to be enough time but I would think that he would be significantly closer to being ready to return and be actually be close to full health by the time they roll around on October 26th what do you think on Adrian Nate yeah I think he'll be ready to go um you know I I think that just based off what we're able to see last week post-practice he was in pads yeah he was in pads he you know unless he took off at whatever brace he may have had on his knee um, he, you know, when he walked by us, he didn't have a brace on really. He had a wrap or, you know, like do you think that was all for sleep? show though, to have him walk by us? I don't know. Maybe, seems but it like, seems like a weird, yeah, it seems trick like it's, I don't know if frost necessary. Yeah. I don't know if but he didn't take reps and practice that yeah. day. So why would you dress a guy out that that's wasn't going to rep? What I don't get. Yeah. I don't know. But my, I just, my gut feeling is that Adrian's going to be okay. And that, um, you know, they needed, they needed this extra, you know, last week to kind of get him healthy. Because uh, they knew if they if they could rest him during the Minnesota week and then get that bye week um, and then a whole nother week before uh, Indiana, that would be enough time to to get Adrian back. And so, um, you know, I think he'll be back. Um, and I think the biggest thing with Wandale is that he was in that boot after you know after he went into the locker room. I don't think. You know, if it were something more serious, he would have been on crutches. Um, you know, I think the boot was just precautionary. So I think he'll be great, be good to go. And, um, you know, and, and other guys like Cam Taylor Britt that maybe ha- are, are dinged up or, you know, and have minor things, you know, this will be an opportunity for them to get healthy too. To me, the biggest thing on offense is they've got to figure out how to recapture how they played at Illinois in that second half. That, that's the one time this year we've seen Nebraska play with a real rhythm to the offense where they looked unstoppable at times. And Wandell was a big part of that. Adrian got going. Um, if they have any slight injuries, is that going to slow them down? But 
they've got to figure out how to, uh, to, to refine what they had at Illinois. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes down to just dialing some things up. Uh, seems like for whatever reason, they're, you know, been pretty conservative with the play calling and, um, you know, it doesn't look like the same offense they ran at the end of last season, even where, you know, you had guys streaking down the field and you're taking advantage of mismatches, uh, spreading the ball around to a, a number of different wide receivers. It's, it's basically three or four guys that are taking care of 99% of the offense and it's not working. Uh, so you got to figure out ways to, to do some new things, get different players involved and whether that's new wide receivers or using the tight ends more or playing some different running backs, whatever it may be, uh, you, you got to dig a little deeper into that bag and, and start to open things up and really get back to the Scott Frost offense. I mean, again, that's the reason he's here, to score points, put up a ton of yards, and basically the defense just needs to do enough to win the game. Uh, right now they're putting so much pressure on that defense, and um, seems like that's getting more and more risky by the week. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time they they played a you know a quarter or whatever you know, on schedule where fourth the off- quarter Illinois? Yeah, where the offense was was getting a chunk of yards on first down, and and you know they weren't all predictable every every down. You know, I, I just think that. Um, and Scott Frost kind of mentioned it at the at the press conference about the the island trip. Is that you know his his biggest challenge right now is as a play caller is is kind of you know trying to he kind of alluded to the fact that you know they they need more playmakers um, and so that he's trying to you know he's trying to call plays and and get you know get guys going or whatever. But for whatever reason, you know maybe he needs to snap out of a little bit of yeah. a funk too and and reevaluate you know some things too. I, I I don't know, but you know watching the Minnesota game, you're at least I was kind of scratching my head. They're they're pounding Maurice Washington in between the tackles. And then, and then uh, Mills comes in, and they run a stretch play outside yeah. with him. It's like, okay, well, if you know, it, it, at the Illinois game, they got Maurice going on the outside, and and I don't know, but uh, there's there's a lot of different things to kind of to kind of look at or, or to reevaluate during this bye week. All right, when we come back, Grace Harmon will join us here. We'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. There's a bunch, so it'd be hard for me to pick out just a couple. Uh, it'd be great to have a couple of the O-linemen, Piper, Ben Hart, and those guys start to give us give us some help. Some skilled guys, Ramirez Johnson still has a couple games to play in. I'm expecting him to help us down the stretch. And, and guys on defense, too. You might see a bunch of the guys later in the year. Uh, defensive linemen like Masai Newsom and Ty Robinson. And you know, Again, there's too many to count, but if those guys are ready to play, we can seriously use the help in the depth right now. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Ron Washington, a class, a segment of the Husker Online Show, also brought to you by Edwards Nissan and Council Bluffs and the Nissan Heisman House. It's coming to Edwards Nissan here on Saturday. Johnny Rogers, Mike Rozier, Eric Crouch. It starts at noon. Uh, they'll be there to take selfies, get autographs, um, just hang out with the Heismans. Uh, there'll be no charge. There also will be tailgating and grilling, and they're giving away tickets to the Black Friday game against Iowa on November 29th. So get on out to Edwards, Nissan, and Council Bluffs to meet the Heismans. They've got some great deals as well, 600 vehicles um, on the lot there. Uh, They'll have blitz pricing that will make Black Friday look like kindergarten. No money down, just sign and drive. Get out to Nissan uh, there and Council Bluffs. Well, Grace, busy week on the mailbag. What do you have to start us out with? Yeah, so do you guys have any sense of what message Frost relayed to the team after Minnesota last weekend? Well, I don't think it was pretty. Um, You can just sense, I know at halftime of the game, that was about as angry as I've heard him. 
and they had the team doing 11 on 11 and sprint out of the locker room. And that was something they said they were going to do no matter what, but just the tone at halftime that he had on the Husker sports network. And then just in the post game, you could sense how angry he was, which he's a hard guy, Robin to get angry. Yeah. He's tries to model himself after T.O., but uh, he definitely pulled his uh, inner Bob Devaney, I think <laughs> on the, uh, the, the flight home and in the locker room after the game. Uh, you know, I think there's been some reports that, uh, he laid into him and laid into him pretty good and deservingly so. I mean, that, that type of effort is inexcusable um, from in every sense. And so um, I think a lot of it was, you know, this is kind of your your come to Jesus moment where, you know, this, this is where your season kind of lies in the balance. And it is up to you to decide where this thing goes from here. You have two full weeks to think about it. What way are you going to take? Yeah, with as competitive as Scott Frost is, I, I think it'd be kind of concerning if he wasn't fired up about that. Um, you know about the that performance in Minnesota so um, yeah he, he, he kind of gave it to him but at the same time I think he's the type of coach that will love you up too uh, after after you know letting you you know maybe dressing you down and, and, and getting after you I think you I think he'll he'll love you up too a little bit so um, you know I don't know if it was if it was a Bo Pelini style tongue lashing <laughs> or anything like that I, I, I highly doubt that but at the same time he, he there's no question he was fired up so if Frost could snap his fingers and magically fix one thing about this team right now, what do you think that I think would be? Offensive line, easy. I think if, if you can protect better, everything else will look better. From the running game to the passing game, um, you, know, you go back to the Minnesota game, there were 29 pass drop backs for Noah Vedrill. Minnesota, according to Pro Football Focus, only blitzed him one time, and they got pressure on 14 of the 29 mm-hmm. drop backs in that game. Um, I'm sorry. I mean, That's I don't terrible. care who you are. Um, but if you can't handle a four-man protection um, on 29 pass dropbacks like that, you, you're just not going to do much as an offense. Yeah, that's the obvious answer. Um, another one, maybe just you know, getting Adrian's head right. I think a lot of those offensive line issues have him playing um, a little skittish right now to where he just looks hesitant. And um, you know, a lot of that is just having to do with worrying so much about where the snap's going to go and not having a running game to lean on and have receivers that outside of J.B. Spielman and Wandale Robinson can't get open. Uh, but I think having a fully confident, healthy Adrian Martinez helps a lot uh, helps mask a lot of those blemishes. So, uh, you know, offensive line first, but maybe getting a more confident Adrian Martinez a second. Yeah, no doubt offensive line first, but I would I would say after that, you know, I, I'd say wide receiver. Um, they're in desperate need of, of somebody who can get open. Uh, Cade Warner flashed a little bit towards the end of the, the Minnesota game, so maybe that's a sign of him coming back and, and maybe he can continue to, to give them more there at that position. But they desperately need at least one or two more guys to, to step up beyond, beyond Wandale and, and Spielman. Taking your questions here in the mailbag with Husker Online intern Grace Harmon. All right, so coming off the bye week, what personnel moves would you like to see be made? Uh, the personnel moves that I would like to see, I mean, I think Brock Bando is probably going to get an opportunity to take the job at guard, if I had to guess. Um, and that could be either Trent Hickson or Bo Wilson, but probably Trent Hickson right now would be my guess. I still would like to see Ramir Johnson get a better crack at things. He's got three more, two more games or three more games, two more to play in. So what are you going to do? I mean, I, I it's – I don't want to say it's frustrating, but watching the coaches really, you know, this four game thing, I mean, I feel like they think about it too much and want to like have a perfect plan for it. But 
you almost can't. I mean, things don't they don't go to plan. You have so, to just, at some point you got to do what you got to do to win. Just say put them in there yeah, and go. I mean, I can help you win a football game. Play them. I mean, who cares what happens four years from now? Like, I mean, I I, I, I agree. I think they do put too much thought in. Uh, last, I guess, whatever last time Eric Chenander talked, he even mentioned that like it's a constant struggle to uh, figure out who's going to play, how they're going to play. I mean, you don't get reimbursed on, yeah, for exactly. games you don't use. I mean, exactly. use them. Yeah. So I'm sorry, getting a little upset about this. Well, no, it's it's <laughs> an issue, and it's a reason why you know everybody's asking when are these new guys going to play. I think that's probably part of the reason why they're not playing is because they got to balance how they're going to be used on special teams, and then when the, the perfect opportunity is going to be against the perfect opponent in the perfect situation to play them. Uh, on offense or defense and I would like that to change I would like to see more of these young guys particularly some wide receivers uh, maybe some more defensive backs that are on scholarship as opposed to playing a bunch of walk-ons uh, I, I think that that probably uh, with the where where we are in this season and kind of what what's at stake here play all play your cards I mean don't hold back anymore and if you all these guys are so close and they're so almost ready to join the mix Put them in there, see what they can do, and actually give them an opportunity to show what they can do instead of just playing them for one or two plays and, and then benching them. In a perfect world, I would say, um, you know, if, if Ben Hart was ready to go at right tackle and that would allow you to to move Farniak inside and, and maybe if, if uh, Piper was ready to go, you know, that uh, you, you could kind of retool that whole offensive line that and, and be a lot different up front. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't think that those guys – are quite there yet, but I, I am looking forward to hopefully, you know, getting to see a little bit more of them uh, here towards the end of the season. Our Grace, we have time, I think, just for one more. Um, what do you got to end on? All right. So about this Ireland trip, what excites you guys most about it? I mean, there's a lot for me. Um, it's it just you think about, I mean, that's why my family, they came from Ireland. A lot of them came here. I mean, just if I could retrace any historical facts about my family, um, and maybe where they were from, that would be pretty cool. Um, seeing the pubs. I just think seeing Nebraska not take over Ireland, but just watching, you know, 25, 30,000 Nebraskans come in there. Um, there's been a lot of things I'm going to take away from this job that I'll never forget, but that will be right up there just to see like where we're from go into a foreign country and everybody know who Nebraska is. I think, I mean, even though we're in the media and we're not supposed to be, it's still pretty dang cool to think about that type of scene happening over in a foreign country. No question. What's cool about this trip is Ireland's about the size of like Indiana, you know, if you do it like just geographically. So, uh, I mean, they're going to be out there for several days. And with the fact they don't have a week off the next, the next week, there's an opportunity there for people to really get to see this country and every bit of it. You know, there's the, the cliffs. I can't remember the name of the cliffs, but those are really famous. Um, and obviously the golf out there is outstanding. And then just the culture and history uh, that, that is in that country. I mean, there, there's a lot to do and a lot to see. And um, given the time that they're going to be out there, you're going to have an opportunity to, to see all of it. And so a lot of countries, you know, you like you go to Paris, you know, you could spend like two days there and ba- like barely even scratch the surface. But here, I mean, I think you can really get a deep dive into to everything that Ireland has to offer. And from what I hear, uh, there's going to be quite a bit to do out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's everything from the historical part to, you know, the, the touristy, you know, going to Guinness or, or going to Jameson Distillery or golf. whatever. Yeah, the, the golf. I mean, uh, plus, I mean, how, how many people could say that they watched a, a Nebraska football game? In, it's a dream trip. It's yeah, a dream I mean, trip for yeah, Nebraska fans. Yeah, it really is. It's perfect. Plus... 
it sets up really nice for the football team uh, for the rest of the season. I mean, just every aspect of it is is really, really cool. What's crazy is that Japan trip in 92, only like 300 fans went out to that deal. Um, it, you know, there were there were less than a thousand K-State and Nebraska fans combined wow. in the stadium and a game wasn't on TV. It just, you know, the marketing or whatever just wasn't as good back then for something like that because it's you would think there would have been a lot of interest to go to Japan too for a Nebraska game, but no one went. But this type of trip really appeals. So um, it will be fun uh, to get out to Ireland. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to close the show with some recruiting talk with Nate Klaus and get some ideas of where the coaches are going to go. Nate's also on his way out to go watch Logan Smothers. So we'll get Nate's thoughts on that. You're listening here to the Oscar Online Show. Listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. All the guys we're recruiting for this class and for the next class uh, will both see this and see the opportunity that they have to come uh, to University of Nebraska, but the added opportunity of being able to travel and, and spend some time in another country and get this experience. So uh, we're definitely going to use it, talk to our guys about it, talk to recruits about it, and if they're as excited as me, I think it'll do a lot of a lot of help for us. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was head coach Scott Frost talking about the trip to Ireland and how they could use that for recruiting down the road. This segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by Coogler Vision. Nate, uh, tell them about your experience at Coogler Vision. Well, yeah, four four weeks ago, I had my LASIK procedure. I just had my uh, just had my, my one month appointment. Better than twenty twenty vision, and absolutely no regrets. I, I, actually, the only regret I think I would have is that I hadn't done it sooner. Never have to worry about carrying my glasses around or when I'm traveling or whatever. Uh, no no contacts or anything like that. So. Uh, I highly encourage everybody to get to Coogler Vision and, and see what procedure might correct their vision. Now, Nate, you, uh, Nebraska picked up their 14th commit here over the weekend. Uh, just give us your thoughts on how that all played out. Well, yeah, Marquise Black, uh, big defensive lineman, uh, 6'4", 285 pounds out of, out of the Atlanta area, Georgia, uh, commits to Nebraska. And he was another one of those Ohio State official visitors in you know, following that game, everyone was like, well, Nebraska's got no chance with any of these guys. Well, uh, those guys have, have continued to, to commit to Nebraska. And, and this is a big pickup for Nebraska because he kind of fits exactly what Tony Tuioti wants. And that's somebody who can not only play defensive end in their three-man front, but also can slide inside and, uh, and play either three-tech or uh, head up nose guard and, and so uh, he can do a number of different things here and you know the, maybe the interesting part about his uh, his commitment is the fact that his older brother actually committed to this staff when they were at UCF and so they were already familiar with the coaching staff they 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 knew and trusted these guys and and so all it really took was for them to come out and, and see Nebraska see what what it was like here and and uh, that all lined up with everything that they were looking for in a program. And, um, you know, and this is a big get for Nebraska because that defensive line is losing a lot of bodies after this season. And uh, they got to plug a lot of holes. And, and I think that Marquise Black should be able to come in. And, um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to play right away, but this is going to be a versatile player at Nebraska for a number of years. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk recruiting with Nate Klaus. Nate, um, now 14 commits. Now, is 25, let me get this right, is 25 the most they can take no matter what, or can they take plus three still with the 25? Well, I think, I mean, technically they could take plus three, but, um, you know, with the, with the amount that they've kind of oversigned or whatever uh, that they've taken, I, I think 
I think the most that we'll see, you know, I, I, I feel like this class will probably end up being between the 23 and 25 range. I, I don't think that. But you got to hold for the portal though, too, right? Yeah, yeah, probably. So, you know, th- there's a lot of there's a lot of moving pieces. Uh, you know, especially this time of year when when you don't know about. Uh, any attrition that you might suffer or so on and so forth. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think that we'll probably see this class be right around the 23 range by the time it's all said and done. And, and that may account for, you know, uh, you know, spot or two in the transfer portal. As we uh, continue to look at recruiting, Nate, um, Nebraska, you'll, you'll be on the road this week. Um, the Husker coaching staff will be on the road as well. But let, let's first talk about the Husker staff. Any idea kind of what the the plan of attack is? What days they'll all be out? Are they going to get to a lot of games? Will Scott Frost get out? Do we have any of the pieces of the puzzle for the weekend? So what we've been able to gather so far is it seems like you know the, the number one priority is for the, the coaching staff to kind of make connections with a lot of the commits, uh, which makes sense. You know, this is you're, you're kind of the halfway point of the season. Um, and, and things have been busy. It's a, it's a really good time to, to go reconnect with a lot of your commitments and make sure that everything's good and kind of love them up a little bit and, and show them some attention. Um, and then they're going back around, circling back around to a lot of players that have already visited uh, and taken their official visits so far this fall. Um, you know, and I think that's also important because you want to make sure these guys are continuing to, to feel that attention too and, and keep Nebraska on their mind. You know, if you can go to a, a commits game and, and watch them play or, or something, you know, that, that makes an impression when, when they look over the sideline and they see a Nebraska coach uh, checking out their game. You know, that's, that's something that, that every kid out there is going to notice and, and especially the one that was on campus just, you know, a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. So, um, and then from there, I haven't been able to confirm it, but I would not be surprised if we see a handful of coaches kind of hit the junior college ranks, uh, especially Ryan Held, and and see you know if, if they go and, and check out you know, a handful of guys that that may or may not be able to to kind of come in and and help Nebraska out at a, at a handful of positions, uh, you know, in this recruiting class. And I know that they've been in communication with some guys, some offensive linemen in particular. Uh, but they've not really extended any offers. So this will be a good opportunity for them to, to maybe go to go evaluate some players in person and, and maybe maybe extend an offer or two. And, Nate, you'll be at one of those commits games, quarterback Logan Smothers. I'd imagine Mario Verduzco is going to be there, maybe Scott Frost. I'll be curious um, what coaches all go out to Smothers game, and, and I know you're excited for the chance to go out there as well. Yeah, really excited to get out to, to Alabama and see Logan Smothers. Um, you know, one of my, one of my favorite – prospects in this class really uh, and he's having a tremendous year he's he's leading his team to an 8 and 0 record uh, putting up crazy numbers and and um, you know what maybe the most impressive part is that is that he's yet to play a full four quarters this season that's how dominant his team has been uh, but I know Mario Verduzco will be there on Friday night and maybe the maybe the biggest storyline of this game is the fact that they're playing Athens <clears throat> which is where he was at last year and uh, had played, you know, his his entire high school career previously at um, before moving before he and his family moved back to Muscle Shoals. Uh, you know, of course, they went there because his father is the offensive coordinator at Muscle Shoals. So they, uh, but all his other older brothers played at Muscle Shoals. So it was kind of uh, kind of a homecoming for them to to go back to Muscle Shoals. But there's no love lost between the Muscle Shoals program and Athens now. Uh, now that uh, you know the Smothers, Logan, and his dad are are no longer there. So uh, there's going to be you know it's it's going to be a pretty hyped up game and. 
Um, and, you know, Athens is – they only have one loss in the season. So this is a really, really big game uh, in the grand scheme of things too. And, Nate, with 14 commits, it will be – you talk about junior college recruiting. You just wonder where they're at with their board Where with how many of those 14 – do they want to look JUCO or transfer portal? Um, that, to me, will be a really, really big talking point for the staff here over the final month or two of the season. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I think that, especially on the offensive line, they've got room for, for sure, one more player there. And so, um, you know, the big question, I think, is for the staff is, okay, do we go with a JUCO guy to come in and help us out, or do we stick with – do we stick with high school guys? Because last year they had an opportunity to go after a couple of JUCOs and they decided not to. Uh, they decided to go the high school route and develop guys that, that they really, really wanted and, and that they'd be able to have in the program for four or five years or whatever. So, um, you know, the it'll be interesting to see if, if they end up pulling the trigger on a, on a junior college offensive lineman or two to fill that last spot. Or do they go with someone like Chan, Chandler Durham out of Georgia that visited for the Ohio State game that, that they like as, a, as an offensive guard so uh, they have made a new offer to Andre, DeAndre Butler out of Independence Community College who is another defensive lineman that could play D-end or move inside very similar to the type of guy that, that Keem Green is um, you know so th they have extended a, a couple Juco offers but uh, to me I'm really interested to see what happens with the offensive line do, do they go Juco or do they go high school for that last spot well, it'll be lots to follow. As I mentioned, Nate and our video producer, Greg Peterson, will be on the road. Uh, they're going to be down in Alabama to spend time with Logan Smothers and watch his game. So uh, make sure you're on Husker Online. We'll have all the coverage of that all weekend. And we'll get just we'll start getting you ready for Indiana as well here as that's a 2.30 game next Saturday. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.